You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Connecting the dots in marketing consolidation and disruption. And we also look at the winners and losers once the dust has settled. What can you expect? Well, my guests from Digital Turbine and Fiber talk about the big bets in ad tech and where publishers and advertisers should put their money. All this and more in episode number 446. And welcome to Mobile Presence, your destination for everything mobile. I'm your host as always, Peggy Ansaltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, senior Forbes writer, founder of Mobile Groove. And I think we'll do something really different today. I'm going to file this one under Ask Me Anything because we have a ton of questions. Market consolidation is the news of the day. It's a drama. It's a cliffhanger. Any way you want to look at it. The major topics of discussion out there is like who bought who, what does it mean to me, to you as a marketer? And to do that, and to do that really well, you need seasoned professionals, you need veterans, you need people in the industry who can give you that view. And that's what we have today with my guests because we have Matt Tubergen. He has been here before, so it's an encore for you from Digital Turbine, uh, Executive VP of Global Strategy and Corporate Development. Matt, of course, as I said, Huge background, includes media, acquisitions, we're talking about that, mobile marketing, monetization. So it's just a great fit and great to have you back, Matt. Thank you, Peggy. Happy to be here. And uh, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't have a real view into what's going on in the SSPs, in programmatic. That's why we have Linda Oyang. She is VP Demand at Global, at Fiber. 15-year ad tech veteran. I said we're doing a seasoned show. Extensive experience on mobile exchanges, SSPs, currently leading fiber programmatic demand teams, previously in leadership positions at MoPub, Twitter, Pubmatic, Yahoo. So I've got the two of you together, Matt and Linda. Let's just jump into it. I said that we were talking about consolidation, but first I do want to get a better idea of what Digital Turbine is. We had that earlier show, but a lot of changes. So Digital Turbine now, Matt, how would you describe it? And how would you say it stands out in the marketplace amidst all this change? Yeah, no, great. Well, thank you, Peggy. And thanks for having us. We're, we're happy to be back. Um, you know, at the, at the most topical level here, Digital Turbine really is a growth platform for uh, marketers, advertisers, you know, brand and performance advertisers alike. 
Um, we're special in a couple of different ways. One is that we have a, a pretty substantial on-device technology. I know we've talked about that in the past, and you know we work with carriers and OEMs to power all their app customization, and so obviously that affords us lots of opportunities to bring in great partners. And in addition to that, you know we went through a, a series of acquisitions here at the beginning of the year in 2021, uh, where we brought on uh, some great people, Linda included. Uh, in, in the sense of fiber and ad colony, as well as a small DSP called Appreciate to really build an entire stack behind what we're doing with our on-device technology. And so, um, you know, we are one of the largest, uh, you know, sources for Android app distribution today. You know, we obviously with fiber and Linda and her team uh, delivering on, uh, on ad impressions and inventory for iOS, as well as our ad colony business. So we've really grown a lot in the last year uh, and uh, mm -hmm. happy to talk about, uh, you know, all the industry changes uh, that have happened since. I'm just curious, how would you describe that stack? There has to be like a different name for it, right? Because it's not a, a growth stack, a monetization stack. It's like an on-device yeah. monetization mediation stack thing. Yeah. How, how would you, and just how would you put it together? Yeah, well, since this is more of a, you know, we, we can get more ad techie and throw out acronyms uh, here. It's, it's a safe zone. <laughs> Um, the uh, you know I would say a lot of a lot of companies and a lot of even industry players consider us kind of like the SSP for carriers and OEMs. Um, mm -hmm. And you think, hey, listen, you know, added inventory is created through ad impressions on a mobile app or a mobile web page. Well, what about all the pixels on the phone that doesn't represent uh, a you know a traditional mobile ad or a uh, you know mobile app? And we actually power again all of the customization for these carriers and OEMs, and that affords us to do things like app recommendations that sit on the home screen of the device, application preloads or app recommendations when you're setting up your new phone. And there's all sorts of technologies and services. Um, you know, we can go as deep as you'd like on that one, but it all affords great ways for advertisers to work directly with carriers and OEMs and partnerships in ways that they've never been able to before. Now that's intriguing. I love things that have never been there before. So let's just say I'm a brand advertiser. I'm working with one of the companies you acquired, Ad Colony. On-device synergies, what, what goes on there as well? Yeah, great. Well, how about, hey, like give you kind of a real example. So, uh, make, you know, one of, one of the companies we acquired, as we mentioned, is Ad Colony. Uh, and Ad Colony has a substantial relationship with McDonald's. Um, and so what, we're, what we've done is we've taken that relationship and now with in tandem and partnership with Ad Colony, we've gone to McDonald's and said, hey, McDonald's, how would you like to have your application pre-installed on device, make models, carriers that are applicable for your customer base. Um, and so we're now we're actually pre-installing a McDonald's application on devices and regions that, you know, McDonald's is looking to target to grow their app user base. Um, and so we're expanding those budgets and getting that distribution and partnership uh, with Ad Colony. They're also doing similar things here with Fiber as well, where, you know, Ad Colony is bringing in, you know, McDonald's budgets into the Fiber exchange and into the Fiber uh, supply side technology that, uh, you know, that Linda and the team uh, are managing and, and expanding from there as well. This is truly exciting. What is it like there for Linda, with you looking at it from the fiber perspective? Um, are there shifts in where you see the opportunity? Because we're talking almost about an entirely different medium in a way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been fascinating to explore all the synergies. Um, it's very unique to some of what I've experienced in the past, which is really uh, a bit more standalone uh, SSP or media business. So I think with DT, like what you're really looking at is scaled, independent, full stack platform that brings in that carrier side that is really unique. Um, and the thing that I love about it is even as 
fiber as an SSP, we get to continue focusing on customers without that conflict because of all the ways that we get to synergize within the business. Mm -hmm. And a little bit, maybe possibly ahead of the curve here, because we are going to see, continually see those changes of what we thought was just a very straightforward, it's the app store or it's not type of world. It's opening up, it's changing. Let's talk about that, that, uh, that transformation as well as the consolidation. I'll start with that because uh, we've got a ton of news I want to go through and get you to weigh in on. I'll start at the top. Maybe, uh, Matt, you were following this and you could maybe weigh in on this to start. Facebook, right? It was in the news a lot. Um, looking at a lot of different implications around the algorithms, but now we just have an earnings call. So connect the dots for me there. What do you make of this news? Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating, right? I mean, I think everybody kind of expected user growth to slow down a little bit on Facebook and their, you know, the latest earnings, uh, you know, this week kind of showcase that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think 6% user growth, but, you know, 33% revenue growth, uh, you, know, you know, year on year for the quarter. And so, you know, it's, it's fascinating to, to see Facebook. I mean, clearly they continue to execute on their ads business. If anybody says, hey, the, the mobile ads business is falling apart, it's the adpocalypse. I mean, how can you take a company the size of Facebook and show continual, you know, quarter on quarter growth? Now, I could argue that, you know, Facebook is becoming less competitive, uh, you mm -hmm. know, on uh, kind of next dollar spending for a lot of app developers and, and brands. And, you know, Linda knows this well, uh, you know, just around, you know, targeting criteria, a lot of that stuff is starting to take, take form. And, uh, and start to impact, you know, Facebook's business as well as we saw this on Snap and their, you know, their outlook kind of was, was diminished. But, you know, overall, I mean, the, the, the ad business is healthy uh, and it's growing. Uh, and I think that's a good thing for everybody. But I think, you know, for, for companies like Facebook, there are going to be some headwinds uh, just around user growth. And that was that was clear in, uh, in what they spoke to. And Linda, was there anything that you, that you would add on that one? Yeah, I mean, with Facebook, I think you're spot on. There's a lot that, you know, I saw the dub double edged sword at Twitter where it's always about user growth and revenue growth. So I think they're navigating some really tricky waters there and there's still a lot to be seen on what will happen. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, for advertisers, you know, one of the things that's great about Facebook is you can really reach a large swath of, of customers. Um, and, you know, but as a customer base starts to decline or it starts to slow down, you know, that, that addressable base um, is going to be less and less appealing, I think, for net new spends. And so I think, you know, solutions where um, you can get access to new customers, new users, new, you know, new phones uh, is a big opportunity for, uh, uh, you know, for, for ad buyers. And I think Facebook's going to show its, uh, uh, we'll say, gray hairs uh, on the ad business here. Again, it's a great business. It's still strong. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some new channels that pop up here that yeah, are for those new customers. Yeah. Absolutely. Some new channels, some different maybe sources of, of growth. It's a different phase. I mean, as you said, it's a mature company. Market is maturing as well. You know, we're not just seeing ad tech consolidation, ad tech with ad tech. We're seeing like gaming with um, gaming. We're just seeing consolidation everywhere. It has picked up dramatically across a multiple of uh verticals um, and areas. What do you think it's driving it, Matt? I'll start with you and then I'll ask you, Linda, as well. You know, I, I think, um, and, and this is no disrespect to anybody who builds games because it's, it's hard to build really good sticky games, uh, but it's also in many ways less predictable um, in the sense that, you know, if you're a Zynga or you're EA or, you know, insert any other, you know, large, you know, social gaming company, 
it's hard to build something that is predictable and repeatable. And so I think if, you know, if you're looking at, you know, either acquiring your path to user growth or building your path to user growth, you may end up paying a little bit more if you acquire, uh, you know, additional, uh, you know, other gaming companies that are in your vertical or that you want or verticals you want to be in as a gaming company versus trying to build it. I think it's a lot less risky uh, to acquire away there. And there's so many great app developers There's so many great, you know, app companies, there's, you know, there's new startups starting left and right around casual gaming and hardcore gaming. Um, and so, you know, hey, if you got some traction uh, as a gaming company, why not, you know, look at, you know, joining a larger company to help expand yeah. on your growth, right? You know, and so it's, it's, I think it's a natural evolution. We've always seen gaming kind of ebb and flow in terms of, um, you know, even back to, you know, early council days, you know, ebbs and flows uh, between, uh, you know, kind of small shops to larger publishers and larger shops. But at the end of the day, I think it's a cost-benefit analysis. Uh, and what's riskier, acquiring your way to growth or trying to build your way to growth? And I think, you know, the mm -hmm. is certainly right now leaning towards uh, acquiring. I'd like to add to that, Linda, because I mean, another interesting factor in all of this is that it all kicked off when uh, when data became truly the black gold they told us it was going to be. Yeah, so I think that really is the other major theme that's happening because the privacy changes are leading businesses to need to turn more data into first party data. They have to own more of the value chain. Um, you know, once that, that identifier kind of isn't there anymore, they just see more ways to access and enable targeting to reach their audiences. The other thing that I will add on to a lot of what Matt said is, um, you know, as we're moving into a more mature market, with companies reaching more scale, they have more financial firepower and have more ability to make these acquisitions, we are gonna see less fragmentation. We are gonna see the larger players getting bigger. Um, I think it's a, it's a method of de-risking, a method of taking out competition, um, you know, and not only hinging on one or two things that are product lines in each business to drive future revenue growth. I think the other thing we do see is that the way of consolidation is slightly different, right? You have players that are consolidating by combining ad tech and content, and you have players that are not doing that. I think for the ones that are combining ad tech and content, um, it's a huge financial incentive to own more of that, that value chain. However, you then do actually become in conflict with some of the best interests of your customers when you are also the publisher or you are also the advertiser, whatever it might be. So again, for us, like I think we're looking at it as by being independent, we're consolidating in a way that really helps us stay true to the customers. Mm -hmm. So a lot going on out there. It's all about M&A action. Someone's funding it. Who's, who is funding it? Where's this all coming from? Yeah. You got piles of money. Yeah, yeah. Where'd it come I, I, from? I, I can give you my perspective. I think, listen, I think there's a lot of companies that have benefited. Digital Turbine has been one of them um, from, you know, having a great capital markets, um, mm -hmm. you know, right now. And, you know, there's a lot of public companies making either public or private acquisitions uh, in the space. And so, you know, as a result, um, you know, I think there's, a, there's enough firepower out there uh, you know, in capital markets to be able to, to get the deal done. You know, there's not a lot of private deals. There's some, but there's not a ton of large yeah. private deals uh, today, certainly in mobile ad tech and in mobile in general. Um, and so, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think right now, you know, we're seeing the consolidation happen uh, you know, prim primarily as a result of that. Um, you know, plus, you know, it, it, Linda's, you know, to her point, it was, it was right. I mean, you know, it's like scale begets scale. 
Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of these larger ad tech companies, including Digital Turbine, have gotten to a point of scale where, um, you know, hey, listen, there's so many facets of our business where we can plug other, you know, other partnerships in, other pieces of, you know, other technologies to really help grow and expedite, um, you know, what we're doing tactically. So it's not just a financial instrument, you know, and, and service that's going on. It's, you know, hey, listen, there's a lot of strategies here. And if you've got a certain level of scale, it's hard to get there. But once you get there, you can leverage other bits and pieces of technology uh, to uh, to your benefit as well, way more so than uh, than other smaller companies. But that'd be my two cents. I'm, I'm curious what Linda would say as well. Yeah, I think overall, it's also a hat tip to profitability, right? Like a lot of these companies have achieved profitability either early on and as they've scaled, they have larger resources and cash flow to be able to do the M&A activity. Um, you're also in an environment where digital is booming. So I think a lot of those things combined creates a really interesting environment for a lot more M&A activity. And a lot more of it to come indeed. I just want to end before we go to break, just a show of hands here almost, you know, big bets coming in and out of the ad tech game, you know, winners, losers. I'll ask you, Linda, biggest winner, what do you see? I love this question because we... Because everyone wants to invest after you everybody... tell them the answer, right? We're all taking notes here, Linda. Winner Biggest takes winner. all. Winner <laughs> takes all. So I think there are a lot of things to look at. So, um, you know, I see in-housing continuing to be a trend. And um, mm. I think for UA marketers, brands, any platform that has strong hands-on um, capabilities, structuring first-party data, helping their clients like to leverage data in more interesting and effective ways. I think those are the ones that are really gonna win in market. Um, I think in the performance world, there is an interesting move towards fully integrating into certain wealth gardens. That is something interesting to watch. And I do think there are some uh, components of that that will help them to win. So I'm sure Matt has a ton more to add, but- Yeah, ones. I was gonna say, Matt, I'll give you the winners, but I do wanna hear the losers. Oh, the losers. Hey, yeah. like the, um, you know, listen, I, I think it's, um, it's, I think it's just human behavior to always want to go bigger and better. And you always want to push, you know, strive. And I think to almost to Linda's point earlier is that what that's doing though, is a lot, you know, it kind of forces, you know, in, in some companies, I'm lucky digital turbine hasn't done this. And I think we're, we're really proud of the fact, but you know, it's push you into categories where you start competing with your partners. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of consolidation mm -hmm. where, um, you know, you, you, companies are acquiring, you know, partners uh, of theirs, which then puts them squarely in competition with other partners. Um, and yeah. so, you know, you can't have it all. I think you, you, in, in this space, um, there's got to be some level of independence. You know, you don't see, uh, you know, even, you know, even Facebook isn't out there trying to, you know, they did it early on, they shut it down, you know, builds, you know, these big gaming companies, right? They're not trying to compete against, you know, yeah. gaming platforms that are out there. Why would you want to do that? Um, and I think that it was a the strategic decision. Company, you know, Facebook's got billions of dollars in cash. They could go build, you know, great gaming companies and and compete, right? They could go build weather companies. They could go build, you know, a, you know, shopping applications. But why would you want to compete directly with the partners that are paying you? Um, and I think that that you know that uh, you know that trend I think is going to be um, in line of sight for you know for showing some of the losers here where. I think app developers and brands are fed up to the point. I think Linda made another good one here. Yeah. First party data is going to roll. Why would you want to give your first party data to a competitor? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 I hear you there. And I've heard that many times in the marketplace with, with some 
moves. We don't have to name them by name, but it's like, what? <laughs> Am I supposed to give them my money now so I can teach their AIs? So they come back and compete with me. That's not yeah. where it's going to happen. Yeah. I want to continue with this. This is exciting. We're going to talk about the um, fragmentation. We're going to talk about the consolidation. And we're also going to talk about the mobile marketing ecosystem and how that's shifting. But we do have to get a break first, Matt and Linda. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mobile Presence, sponsored by CleverTap, a leading engagement and retention platform, will be back after this message. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WMR.FM. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. And we are back to Mobile Presence. I'm your host, Peggy Ann Saltz. We have Matt Tubergen from Digital Turbine. We have Linda Oyang from Fiber. And we have a great discussion here because we are talking about what has happened 
what's going on. It's a complicated ecosystem, uh, no question at all. Let's just boil the ocean a little bit for our listeners and talk about the hurdles that ad tech needs to clear because there's a lot going on beyond just being complicated. There are other challenges, data, data the big one. I'll start with you, Linda. Yeah, I mean, with the privacy challenges that have been happening, um, you know, I think something that we think about, especially on the developer side, is Apple's truthfully made it harder to find the next successful game, to be the next successful Zynga. And the reason mm. for that is um, the fundamental truth is that devs need marketing to grow their product. Right, so they need it's it's crucial in that whole process of building a successful game or product to reach and find your prime users and your target users. The moment the UA platforms can't find, can't target their users efficiently for devs, it becomes harder for them to succeed and scale their early product development. So I think like Apple's changes, to be honest, made it a lot more challenging. Um, so. What does it mean when you actually break it down? Because I kind of, I like to, even in my in my role, like working with customers all day, I like to think about it in their shoes. What's harder for them day to day, right? So if I'm a small to medium-sized developer, what it means is that I have to spend, and Matt said this before too, like I have to spend way more money in order to find those target users. Before you, no matter how much you spent, you got data back. You started mm. learning about who your customers were. Now you have to spend 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, who knows, like per day, depending on your product and your, your users. So, um, you know, that's what's made it a little more challenging for small to medium devs on Facebook, uh, on a bunch of these larger players that used to lend out their algorithms in order to find the users. That's the change that's happening. With, with the bigger companies, they can leverage more resources, take on more risk, model with existing client data, right? So it's always more expensive to find those new users, but even for them, they're feeling the, the pain of it because what it means is that they can't really, they have to think longer and harder about who to begin testing with. They can't just go to any platform and just say, okay, I know that you're gonna perform for me, right? Now I now I have to think about, okay, I actually need to show results and the tried and true become more that they rely on. They have to model from the data. So like they might still get a percentage of users with IDFA. They're gonna then model and proxy into that, but it's just not a perfect science. And that's some of the challenges that we're seeing today. Really what it means is um, the, the DSP, the network, the advertiser, and the attribution partner really all need to work in lockstep or it starts to break down in the process. Mm -hmm. I've heard a couple of workarounds. One is to move money into Android, but we know changes are going to come there too. Whatever happens in Apple is not far away for Android. Another one is to like, hey, focus on brand. Even small companies are saying, you know, hey, we've got more than one game. We've got more than one app in our portfolio. Talking to the Washington Post, the same thing. We're going to get, you know, we're focusing on getting our apps together and uniting them in a different way, strengthening that brand. What about you, Matt? What are you seeing as, are these the workarounds you're seeing or what does it tell performance marketers to be? Because performance marketing as we know it, isn't gonna be this way. I mean, next year we will not be sitting here 
probably in talking about this in the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I, I have a couple of views, maybe even conflicting views to a certain degree. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Google and, hey, let's move in budgets to Android. We see that, you know, actively today, obviously, we're, we're primarily Android in our business. And obviously, that's a that's been a nice little tailwind for us. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's kind of different principles between Android or between Apple and Google. You know, mm -hmm. Apple's a hardware business. Uh, you know, Google's yeah. a software and ads business. Um, you know, I, I would see, you know, it, you know, Apple has a lot to gain by giving them, you know, with their new ad business or their growing ad business, I shouldn't say new, their growing ad business. Um, has a lot to gain by trying to, you know, to, to position the way they did. Google doesn't have a lot to gain. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, I, I could argue that, hey, Google's going to try to hold out a little bit longer on, uh, you know, on preserving uh, privacy. And they've already made some changes. And I think they're good changes for users for the right reasons. Um, but I don't see there being this dramatic shift, uh, like, you know, like a lot of folks say, now I could be wildly wrong in that. We'll see uh, mm -hmm. what happens. But uh, in terms of tracking and, and, uh, and services to you know, to attribution companies and, and uh, networks and providers here for, 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 for spenders. But, you know, long, long story short is, um, you know, I think, you know, it, it's the whole adage, you know, you, you can only manage what you can measure. And I think, from, you know, there's likely to be other attribution models that, and we've already seen this happen, right? But other attribution models take place. There's likely to be other business models that will merge for advertisers and publishers to be able to interact. Uh, and, you know, it may be, you know, down to an impression level. It may not be, I'm, we're, you know, I, I, we, we already, we're already starting to see some changes in behavior and how, you know, advertisers are thinking about, you know, allocating spends. Uh, and uh, in some cases, it's kind of like what's old is new again, you know, and share a voice and making sure, you know, they're, you know, addressable yeah. audience outside of just targetable audience. And so, you know, Linux can talk for days on this stuff. But I think, you know, the, I think there are some newer models that are going to emerge uh, as a result of some of these changes. And, um, you know, I could argue it could be, could be bad. It could be good uh, for, uh, for, mm -hmm. for spenders. Yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's multiple ways to look at it. It's also made it very, very challenging to put together and customize those solutions because not every app, yeah, at least that's what the app marketers tell me, you know, not every app is uh, the same in the sense that they want to put in their own bit of tinkering, that own little bit of customization that makes it work for them, allows them to maybe plug in some CRM or something. So it's just much less efficient, much less transparent. It's up to them to figure it out. How are they going to figure that out? Linda, you want to take that I, one? I mean, um, I think that the cool thing about challenges in the space, it is, is it, it is a forcing function for innovation, right? So I think mm -hmm. algorithms are getting smarter every single day. Um, we see that making up for some of the gap as the modeling gets smarter. I think the other thing is um, for, for advertisers, it really is about focusing on the things that you have control over. Right, so you have control over the creative. You can work with a partner and have control over the rendering of the creative. Um, everything that reaches the actual click or engagement of the user, you have some sort of control over. So it's really about getting to um, getting to the truths of what works there. I think the other thing that advertisers do need to think about is communicating more with their users in a different way. So. Mm -hmm. I think before you, to be honest, you can observe what's happening with your customers just through the data that's coming in. At this point, if the data is mixed, the signals are mixed, it's a good opportunity to talk to your users. How did you find us? Who are you? Interesting. Why, why do you use us? Yeah, actually you, you'd be quite surprised with a lot of businesses like 
if, if they're relying so much on the data, they might not have paused and actually talked to their customers and understood all the user profiles and use cases. Now's the time to do that. Interesting, very interesting. Um, another industry development that marketers are struggling with amongst all the consolidation disruption we're talking about is again, that uh, you know publishing, we've got adjust and app loving, um, partner to partner, how do you see that in this current climate, Matt? Do you want to weigh in on maybe what you're hearing or what you're thinking the impact here is? Because there's a short-term impact, which was us just saying, wow. Then there's a long-term impact on the ecosystem and ultimately on the advertisers, the publishers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a couple of different views on this one and um, you know, that we share. And so you know, the, the whole strategy of you know, being a gaming company uh, and delivering on, you know, uh, ad tech properties or being an ad tech company and, you know, bringing in your own gaming and your own publishing services. It makes sense, mm -hmm. right? As you're looking to consolidate, you're looking to grow, you're looking to, and there's, there's value in kind of cross-pollination of services there. Um, you know, I think it's, it's also, um, it puts, you know, advertisers and, and other, you know, publishing partners in a predicament is, you know, do you want to share your data with, you know, competitors, yeah. you know, is, yeah. uh, you know, do you want to provide, uh, you know, insights into how your whales are performing to, you know, the same company that uh, you're buying your ads from. I, I think it's, it's, it's a decision. I think for the smaller guys, um, you know, the smaller players in the system, probably not as critical for them on, on choosing some of these other kind of, uh, we'll say more isolated, uh, you know, competitive platforms, you know, but for the, you know, for the large spenders that are out there, you know, when, when data is key and your first party data is everything. And to Linda's point, if you're, you know, communicating, you understand your customers, do you want your competitors to understand your customers the way you do? And I think that that puts you know the whole situation in predicament. You know, I, I hats off to Apple Eleven. They've done, they've built a you know a great platform. They've got a tremendous a great mm -hmm. gaming assets. They've done a good job. You know, and the acquisition of you know Adjust and some of the other things here recently as well. You know, great if you if you're looking to build you know a, an isolated silo of uh, you know of your own services and looking to just own that. Great strategy. I think the question comes is. Hey, you know, do you want you know your your attribution company to be grading your own homework on the supply that you buy? I think there's been a lot yeah. of value independence over the years uh, here for that. And I think you know this, it, it, advertisers will speak with their uh, with their pocketbooks uh, on uh, on this one, and you know we've we've already seen some you know some changes and some moves there uh, in this space as well. And so you know, we'll, mm -hmm. at least a digital term, but our view is, hey, listen, independence wins, um, and uh, you can't grade your own homework uh, in uh, in the ad space. That's never in the history of ads has that has that worked. Uh, incredibly well. And even though, hey, I can argue Facebook kind of graded their own homework for a while. That's had a black backlash, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. And so, um, yes. you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some things here that I think will, uh, will start to shift over time. And uh, to Linda's point, listen, I think that's going to offer up more opportunities for other companies to come in and offer unique, you know, unique services to either help, uh, you know, the grading of homework or help the, uh, you know, solution for independent uh, media that's out there. You raised an interesting point. I'd love you to weigh in and on it as well, Linda, is, you know, talking about it, it makes way for other players to come in there, other companies, but also other members of the ecosystem. I mean, through your work together, through your acquisition, you both work so closely with, you know, operators, telecom providers, um, they're back in the picture and, and big time. What is their role here? So, so that a brand, so uh, so that an advertiser can understand that we talked about McDonald's before, but you know, think about a Zynga. What's going on here? You know, what should they be thinking about? What's the opportunity with this new player? Not new, but this re resurgence mm -hmm. of the interest mm -hmm. in this player. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I think I'll take uh, uh, the way that I look at it really and believe in it is um, when you're looking at partners that you're going to work with for your mediation strategy, for example, I'm Zinga, who do I work with in order to plan long-term strategy? Um, the importance of that business being stable, independent, without conflict, really, it, it just results in them being better listeners, right? Better listeners to execute on your needs without distraction, without like something that will weigh down the urgency to deliver on your needs. That's really important for long-term planning because they have a whole boatload of other things they need to think about. So we take that piece of the puzzle and make it much more easy for them to execute. Um, the other thing that I think is important is you gotta work with somebody that's really obsessed with the same metrics that you are, right? So that means like understanding from practically a consultative measure, like is it user experience that you're gonna care about when you introduce new ad placements? Um, is it maximizing the ARP DAO? You know, any kinds of elements there, gotta be working with somebody that cares and has the mindset to care about those same metrics. And then I think lastly, like, it's so important for the person and the partner to be a thought, thought partner with you, to have experts in-house across all the areas that are in mediation, in programmatic, on device, data, user, acquisition, like anything to do with the industry that we live in day in, day out, like to be able to tap on that partner, have someone available to you and say, hey, what do you think about what's happening here? What should I do? Have somebody that's an available resource is incredibly valuable when the space moves so fast. I'd like to wrap up. I don't really want to. I have to wrap up, but I'm going to put you both on the spot for one quick question. You know, we've seen a ton of things we would have never thought happened in this year. I was like, what else can happen? And that's the next question, really. What is there to come? I'll start with you, Linda, and then I'll move to you, Matt. Again, you know, what is next to hit the news? What do you think is going to happen? Well, it's going to be, I think, more of the same in the next year, year and a half. So I think companies will continue to consolidate around their core competencies. Um, I think that you're going to see more of that scale happening. I think the other thing that is interesting as more consolidation and acquisitions do happen, their added value purchases. Once they've hit on all the key pieces of the core functions, then it's about adding value to the different pieces of that puzzle and that value chain. It's very general, but that's kind of what I see happening. Okay, okay. They just gotta be careful not to buy up their partners in that value chain. Matt has warned us about that and rightly so. Matt, you, your prediction. What do you think is on the horizon? What will be the next that'll be hitting the news? Yeah, for sure. So I, I agree with Linda. I think there's going to be some more consolidation in kind of the standard stacks that are out there for sure. Um, but I, I think there's a couple of key trends that you know, may not necessarily be apparent to, um, you know, to, to ad spenders and, and media planners that are out there. I mean, one is, you know, the, the role, and you, you can allude to this a little bit, Peggy, kind of the role of OEMs and carriers uh, mm -hmm. in media buying. You know, hey, listen, you know, the, if you look at what's happening over in China and Chinese OEMs on building their own, you know, media exchanges and building their own platforms, uh, obviously a lot of that's you know isolated to China and certain you know parts of APAC. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a feeling I can tell you that hey, listen, you know, other carriers and OEMs are behind the ball. Um, you know, look at look at Samsung's business. The Samsung's ads business is a billion dollar business. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's a billion dollar yeah. business, and that's just on connected TV for, primarily. So you know, there's these roles that you know these carriers and OEMs are playing that's really starting to gain some leverage. 
uh, in the ad ecosystem. And so, you know, I would point to that. I could also point that Apple actually fits in that as well with, you know, Apple search and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other piece is, you know, discovery continues to be a problem. Everybody talks about it. You know, we've been talking mm-hmm. about this for 10 years, right? You know, app discovery and carriers and OEMs, I could argue, are in the best position to solve the discovery problem, the continual discovery problem uh, for users. Uh, and I think, you know, the services and solutions that, you know, allow to, you know, allow users to, you know, A, solve the discovery problem, but then also for, you know, app advertisers and, you know, marketers and brand advertisers yep. to be able to be part of that solution, uh, I think will continue to be a trend. Uh, something we're, we're certainly seeing. Absolutely. And they certainly do want to get down to marketing themselves differently and they can. There's a couple changes that will let them do that, but, you know, they're really thinking about their own storefronts, their own presence. Um, so a lot to look forward to there. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, we've had a great conversation. I have to end it, but people do want to continue this online and elsewhere. Matt, what's the best way to stay in touch with you? Yeah, hey, I, I would hit, hit me up on LinkedIn or if I would follow you know, the Digital Turbine LinkedIn page or some okay. of our social platforms. Um, you know, I'm sure we could post it in the notes here um, that uh, you know, Digital Turbine is pretty active as well as our you know, fiber and, and uh, ad colony teams are very active uh, you know, online. Feel free to reach out to us there. I'd love to talk to anybody who is uh, interested in listening. Absolutely. Linda, the same for you. How do we continue the conversation with you? Same. It's funny. I spend my most time on LinkedIn. So uh, find <laughs> me too me there. these days, true. <laughs> yeah. So we can find you there. And uh, blogging or doing anything else out there? Or are you just really just focused on the industry and you're going to give us your insights there? And, uh, yeah, it's, I, uh, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, I used to tweet quite a bit. So, you know, if there's a resurgence there, you can definitely find me there as well. Okay. We had some great, really practical advice as well, Linda, on what to look for in platforms and elsewhere. So I'm going to encourage you to blog. I know you won't have necessarily the time (laughs) for it, but there's something in there. There's some great ideas, some great advice. I want to thank you both for sharing and for being on Mobile Presence today. Awesome. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you so much. And if you want to be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence, keep up with me throughout the week and get in on the fun that Matt and Linda just had, obviously, here on this episode, then you can email me, Peggy, Peggy at mobilegroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. You can, of course, check out this in all earlier episodes of our show by going to wmr.fm, or you can find our shows on Amazon, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, you name it, iHeartRadio, all simply by searching mobile presence. So until next time, remember every minute is mobile, so make every minute count, keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.